Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On February 21st, 14 storytellers shared their stories with our audience at Holyhound Tap Room in downtown York. Our theme for the evening was Love Life. We heard stories about dating, relationships, love lost, appreciation for love itself, and even one about a sordid pizza delivery. It was a really great night of storytelling, and we had a difficult time choosing stories to share with you. Seems like a good time to remind you that all the stories from our events are posted on YouTube. Eileen Joyce won with her story about her struggles with flirting and interpreting signals from others. And we have the Here's always Eileen. charming and fun Eileen Joyce. So I'm like really bad at flirting. And like, like I have like a flirting dyslexia. Like I feel like, you know, I have like most women are pretty good at social cues and I don't feel like that's a problem, but just specifically I have this blind spot when it comes to flirting where I don't know how to flirt with people and I don't know when people are flirting with me and I like really flirty guys because that way it's like super obvious. <laughs> so just to let you all know. <laughs> <laughs> So just keep that in mind as I tell you this story. <laughs> when I was uh, my junior year in college, we, uh, I did the you know, study abroad thing, and I spent a semester in London. And it was through the University of Missouri, but they had uh, students from all of, they have campuses all over the state. So there were kids there from the University of Missouri St. Louis and Missouri Kansas City and the little known University of Missouri at Rolla and uh, Southwest Missouri State, they're all over. And so uh, I spent a semester at a, there in London with these people from all over the state and we sort of made friends with this group of like nerdy girls and we were from all over these different campuses and so there were like five girls and this one guy that would always hang out with us. His name was Paul, I think. And uh, looking back on it now, I think we all kind of had a crush on Paul at different points. Like, <laughs> You know, I don't think he ever officially dated anyone at that, like he was never like with one of the girls, but he was always hanging around and I think we all like had our eye on him. But, you know, I didn't know if he was flirting, so I just didn't worry about it too much. And then like uh, a few months later, after we all got back from London, we decided to have a uh, reunion. And so since I was going to school in Columbia, which is right in the middle of the state, and I had my own apartment, I said, everybody will come to Columbia, you can stay at my apartment. So all these people came from St. Louis, Kansas City, Springfield, and we all like hung out over the weekend. And one night we went to like a dance club and then we were all dancing and having a good time and Paul was there and I was like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm gonna vibe from Paul. I think, I don't know, maybe. It seems like I'm gonna vibe from Paul. This is very exciting. Um, I think Paul actually went to, to school like at the university, like in Columbia, and I didn't even see him that much, so I guess maybe it wasn't a thing. But uh, but I was like getting a little excited. I was like, okay, I could I could see. I like Paul. I would love to hang out with him more. And so then the next night we were at dinner, and uh, he's sitting next to me at dinner, and we're talking. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden, I feel a hand on my thigh, and I was like, two thoughts hit me all at once. Or the first one was like, it's happening. <laughs> it's totally like he really does like me, and he's making a move. 
And the second thought was like, be cool, bitch, be cool. <laughs> Cause you don't want to be like that person that's like, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to be like, no, it's super casual. Yeah, people touch my thought all the time. It's fine. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, chit-chatting, still doing my thing. And then like after a little while, the hand, like he starts like patting my thigh. And I was like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing that people do. That's not a sexy thing. And he kind of like elbows me and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, reach down. So then I go down and I touch his hand and he's like handing me a wallet. It's like they've stolen a wallet from somebody else at the table and they're trying to pass it down the table. But I thought like, I was like, oh my God, he loves me. <laughs> so that made it even worse. Like I just thought he was trying to make a move and he was just trying to play a joke. So that still did not stop me from spending like a couple of days like sort of mooning around campus wondering if he'd call, but he didn't call. <laughs> so I remember like the exact moment I heard the term the word unrequited and I was like it's like when you it must be like when you have a disease and somebody can finally tell you what disease you have you're like oh it has a name <laughs> so I was not unfamiliar with this feeling of liking Paul and like having it just turn out that he was passing a wallet but it was the first time that my terrible problem with not being able to figure out flirting and my usual uh, skill at having unrequited crushes really came together head on. And so I always remember it. Eileen earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up is Elizabeth Ehrenberg. Elizabeth told us about how a bad hair day led to a big change in her love life. Hello. Okay, so this is a story about how one bad hair day put a huge crack in my love life. So when I was growing up, um, I looked like a chow dog who got electrocuted. And when I was in middle school, um, I was talked into doing chemical relaxers in my hair. Um, which was basically 90 minutes of sitting in a chair with your scalp on fire. But that made it so that my hair looked more like, you know, like a bolognese dog who got electrocuted instead of a chow dog. So in high school, um, I discovered the flat iron, which was a um, 500 degree stick that made your hair into a dried up uh, tumbleweed consistency um, you know, object that had no structure. It just kind of was, it was straight. It was like a big, you know, straight, flat, two by four board. That made me a normal person in society. So in college, um, you know, I was asked out on dates because I felt like, you know, I have straight hair, so I look like a normal person. I'm not scaring people, that's good. And so I, you know, I went through the motions of that, and, and in graduate school, I was really not interested in dating. I was just kind of interested in like getting stuff done and like getting my degree. So I didn't really pay as much attention to my hair. Like, you know, I, I straightened it maybe twice a week instead of five times a week, and you know, I washed it like a little bit less often, and I just didn't really pay much attention to what people thought of me because I wasn't interested. But so there was one guy in graduate school who was interested in dating me. 
and I didn't really know him very well, so I wasn't really in a place that I could reciprocate that feeling. So I was like, you're really nice, and we can be friends, but um, not really into the dating thing right now, sorry. So, um, but he was very persistent with me for some reason, and I felt there was something odd about it because he was a particularly, like, kind of just really nice person, which, you know, I wasn't really used to dating, like, nice people. It's kind of like, you know, like, my hair's, like, really straight today, so you must, like, be really impressed with that, and you're kind of a bad boy, which is what I'm supposed to be attracted to, so that was kind of how the rhythm worked for me, and so this was a different situation. I wasn't used to it. Um, and I wasn't straightening my hair as much, so it was a little confusing, and I thought there was something wrong with this. So, um, so one day, I ran into him. It was a very humid day, and I was living in Boston, and, um, you know, so I was in a bar with a few of my friends, and, um, so I ran into him, and we were starting up conversation, and it was nice, and I was about to leave, because I didn't want to, like, lead him on, and right as I was about to walk away, he goes, hey, by the way, what happened to your hair today? And... I was like, what do you mean what happened to my hair? And he's like, there's something, what, what, what's going on with it? Like, something's wrong here. So I was, I was kind of taken aback. No one's ever said that to me before. So I ran to the ladies' room to find that the right half of it was sticking out a few inches like this. So I was like, oh, well, okay. But no, one, you know, no one's ever been so blunt like that before about when my hair is acting up. So I went back out, and I was like, ha-ha, yeah, I get it, <laughs> very funny. And he was so embarrassed, and he was like, I didn't mean it like that. I was just like, I thought there was something wrong with you, because I was just concerned, you know. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it, it's very funny. And he was just humiliated, and he was like really apologetic about it. And I was like, no big deal, I get it. Like, I'm not really into you anyway, so it's fine, you know. So I didn't say that, but I was, it, was the, it was the vibe that I was going out. So... Um, but so after that day, when I saw this guy again and again, he just kept bringing it up because he was so embarrassed that he had said that and he was so sorry. And I was like, whatever, it's cool, really. I like take no offense. Like I'm, you know, I know what I got into by like, you know, putting my hair last on the list here in my life. So, um, so after that, he and I kept bumping into each other. And after a while, I was like, you know, maybe I should just give him a chance and go on a date with him. So I did, and after that, we kind of started dating. And it's not what I expected, because I kind of felt like this wasn't the kind of guy that I would normally date. But after a while of us continuing to date, he's like, you know, you should just leave your hair natural. And I remember people telling me to leave my hair natural, and they're like, I'm sure it's so cute, just like naturally curly, and I'm sure it looks so good. And I'm like, yeah, it looks good like a lion whose head just caught on fire, but thank you for the suggestion, you know. It's like, I think I know what people really mean. So, but this guy was different, and I did leave it natural, and after a while, like, I just learned how to buy the right products, and I now have naturally curly hair, and that relationship was the one that lasted. So um, that's the story of how one bad hair day put a huge crack in my love life. Thank you. Our next story comes from Quinn Snyder, who told us about how leaving his favorite sweatshirt behind at a party helped him remember how precious his own love life is. Quinn's name was pulled right after his mom told a beautiful story about their family motto, love life which they adopted from her late son, Justin. You can check out Quinn's mom's story on our YouTube page. I'm Quinn, I'm Justin's younger brother. So I, t 
I didn't realize that that was, my mom had made that connection. I had read the book, I've read it three times, and I'd never made the connection, because I was, that was weird. Um, now my story feels extra shitty, too, because hers was, like, really deep and thoughtful, and was anyone here for my last party story at all? Yeah. So we've got another one. Um, uh, so I've been in a uh, um, three-year relationship with the same girl. Um, we've been in the same apartment for t almost two years now. Um, moving into a new, bigger apartment this weekend, actually. So we're really excited. It's this whole big thing. Um, but I'm only 21. And... A lot of my other friends are also only 21, and a lot of them are frat guys. So my love life is the polar opposite of all of theirs. So the same girl, same apartment, we have a dog, same schedule all the time. It's this regular regimented thing, and we have fun date nights and stuff. It's the same person all the time, and it's, I like it that way. I prefer it that way. It's, it's just better for me. My life is really hectic and crazy, and I have all this other shit going on. I like coming home to the same person that's my rock. My, they're always there, they support me, and they just, it's great to have her around. I love her a lot. And um, sometimes life throws me things to remind me that even though some of my friends may call my love life a little mundane, boring, you know, you're 21, why aren't you going out? Why aren't you meeting new people? Why aren't you, know, blah, 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 this, that, and the other? And uh, I think my favorite reminder was uh, sometime last year I had a guy's night with some of my friends and we go to this house party and like oh you can put your your coats upstairs on so-and-so's bed he's like he's out for the weekend just throw throw your coat sweatshirts down there whatever so I have this like ratty old party sweatshirt and I don't really care about it because if I do lose it whatever so I throw it down the bed and we go downstairs we party for a while and we leave and um uh, we get back to my friend's uh, my friend's place, and we're hanging out. I'm like, shit, I forgot my sweatshirt. He said, well, I thought you brought the crappy one, you know, because you didn't care about losing it. And I realized that, you know, you always have that one shit sweatshirt that you really, like, you always say, oh, it's, it's my crappy sweatshirt. I wear it to paint the house. I wear it to garden, whatever. It's the one you're not supposed to care about. Secretly, it's the one you love the most. <laughs> and that's what this sweatshirt was. So I, like, I'm like, fuck. I gotta go back and get this sweatshirt, this nasty house, like whatever, right? Friends like, well, do you want me to like go with you or anything? I was like, no, fine, I'll go, I'll just jog there and jog back and get it, it's fine, I'll get it quick. So I go out there and um, all the lights in the house are off. That's kind of weird. So here's at least like 18 or so people like left in the house before we left. And so I'll go in which was kind of a bad idea. I don't know why I went in, even though all the lights were off. I just assumed, like, it was like, hey, like, whatever, I'm back. And so I go in, and there's these two dudes sitting on the couch, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And I notice there's, like, this three-foot bong, and they're both just taking these big, long bong rips, and they look at me, and they're like, look at each other, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, I forgot my coat. And they're like, they're like, Oh, okay. Like, what, I don't know what you want us to do about it. I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and see if it's still there. Like, you don't want to go upstairs. It's like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Not supposed to go, like, whatever. You guys are obviously, like, way too high, and you think the house is haunted or, like, whatever. I don't care. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to get my, my sweatshirt back. I want that damn sweatshirt back. So I go up, 
and I hear um, Akon's I Wanna Make Love Right Now Now song like playing, I'm like, okay, like maybe the stoners are right. Like, I don't, maybe I don't wanna go upstairs now. Like this, there's only like one thing that could mean. And I'm like, I was like, I'm gonna, so, but I was like, well, they did say that kid was out of town. Nobody should be in his room. It must be another room. But the room to his door is closed. I'm like, oh, someone has commandeered the mattress for the evening. And I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe they're just starting. Maybe I can just like run in quick, grab it, and like, and run away. Like maybe they won't, maybe they won't see me or notice that I'm there. I'm just like, shit, mine, and run and run. And so, I go in, and um, I hear somebody say, hey, one more. I'm like, and it's it's dark, and I can't see, but I'm hit with this wall of. Just sex stink. It just, and it's, it's, it throws me off balance at first. I'm like, whoa, okay. And it's, my eyes kind of start to adjust, and I realize there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's so couples in this room, always kind of going at it, just like going to town. And I'm like, whoa, I forgot my coat. And. <laughs> And it's that that's when I see that the the one couple that had gotten the bed they, they were on it, and I was like the, that coat, and the guy's like, oh shit, like my bad dude, like whatever, and like you ever seen that magic trick where they like there's like a table with a tablecloth and they fucking blow it out. So I did that with this couple. I just and they and then I held it by like the one dry corner and ran. <laughs> we hit the punchline. No. Uh, and so I, I just, I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I, I leave and I, I, one of them's like, hey, well, do you want to stay? I was like, no, thank you. And I, I, I walk home because we don't live that far off campus and I have, to say farewell to the sweatshirt and I bury it in like a, a dumpster at some like pizza place or whatever and I make it back home and I crawl into bed with my girlfriend the dog's on the bed this big pit bull just <laughs> snoring and I put my arm over and she goes get off you fucking reek <laughs> and I say okay and I roll over and I lay there and I'm looking at the light and I'm like thank god for my love life because so our final story on this month's podcast comes from Michael Reichman, who shared stories about his awkwardness and where it has led him. I've been coming to Story Slam for several months now, and this is the first time I will be telling a story. Okay, so this is about my awkwardness and how I never really knew how to handle myself around females. Eileen, you were talking about how when, when you don't know how to flirt. I definitely, it was a foreign language. But see, you had that first reaction when the guy put uh, his hand on your thigh, like, you know, you're thinking all oh, cool, like, oh my God. It, it, it wasn't like that for me. So I was always seen as the, uh, uh, the androgynous, uh, young guy and girls didn't really 
pay attention to me. And it wasn't until I was older when I would kindly find a figure out that, oh, yeah, that girl was probably flirting with me, but I didn't really realize it at the time, you know, just being kind of clueless. So one example of that would be when I was sitting next to this girl uh, in high school. Her name was Janine, and I had a little bit of a crush on Janine, but uh, I didn't think she was really interested. But one day, we were sitting on this bench together, and she did this. Here, Matt, can you be... Pretend to be Janine and, and kind of lean, lean, lean on me. And what I did? <laughs> that was my first instinct. And I liked her. I liked her and I was like, what, what the hell are you doing? Get off me. Why are you leaning on me? The next instance of this extreme awkwardness of mine was when in college I was at a party and this other girl, Jessica, was sitting on the couch next to me. And she put her arm, her, her let's see, left arm around me. And uh, I, I was a little more mature then. I was 18 by that time. So I was like, okay, play it cool, play it cool. So I put my right arm around her. And she put her right hand on my left hand. And again, I'm thinking, uh, Okay, all right, just keep it, keep it together, keep it together. And then she starts uh, caressing my, my left hand, and I, I, I didn't know what to do, so then I start, you know, patting her right, <laughs> right hand, and then I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And so I kid you not, I, pers I, I didn't know what to, to do to play handsy or what have you. So I, I instigated a game of thumb war. That was, that, I didn't know how else to react. And I was, and, and sure enough, uh, she went back to the dorm that night and, and didn't invite me to walk her home or anything. So again, that is an example of me blowing it big time with a girl. Now, fast forward another few years, and I'm in grad school, and there's this other girl who I really like, and I'm, I'm really interested in her. And I'm trying to get up the courage to say something nice to her. And uh, I think she knew that I really liked her. And I, I wasn't very good about concealing my feelings, even though I thought I was being very subtle. And so one night, we're at a bar. And while at this bar, I, I'm finally getting the courage to, you know, go up to her and, and say something suave and... <laughs> Nice. <clears throat> and when I walk up to her, I, f f you know, have a deep breath and I say to her face, uh, I wanted to say something nice about her appearance. And you know what I said? I said, what happened to your hair? <laughs> and because I thought she was doing something on purpose with her hair, like she was trying to, and so I was trying to make conversation. And rather than her saying what I thought would be like, oh, ha ha, yeah, I was doing this funny thing, she looked at me and she said, what? And I realized, oh crap, I just insulted this girl who I was trying to pay a compliment to. 
and she runs into the bathroom to try and figure out what was wrong with her hair, and everyone turns to me and they say, Michael, you don't say anything about a woman's hair except how nice it looks. <laughs> and I learned that lesson the hard way. But fortunately, she gave me a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance. And we finally started dating, and sure enough, we got married a few years later, and we are now living in York, happily ever after. Just goes to show you, there are several sides to every story. We're glad it worked out for Elizabeth and Michael. All the winners from this year's Open Mic Story Slam events will return to compete for the title of Best Storyteller in York. Tickets for our events are available on our website, yorkstoryslam.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter at York Story Slam, as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. Our podcast is produced with support from The Beer Ace. Find them at thebeerace.com. This episode comes to you with support from this month's featured brewery partner, New Belgium Brewing. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.